Blog Talk Radio. The following program is brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. Firefly Willows L-I-V-E presents What's Your Prescription for Balance? Featuring your host, Dr. Glenna Calder. Welcome to Prescription for Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Glenna Calder from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Today we have a lively guest from Sydney, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, Coralie Murphy, registered massage therapist. Coralie has been researching nutrition and the health of the body for over 10 years and has shared all of her wisdom with thousands of individuals in her massage therapy practice, as well as her program, Journey Alive. Carly Murphy, I would like to welcome you to our show today. Thank you so much for having me, Glenna. Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you on your pregnancy, and thank you for (laughs) for joining me on this month's episode, A Prescription for Balance, where we'll talk about pregnancy and trusting yourself during pregnancy. I have to say I am so thrilled to be in this position to be here with you. It is uh, it's been a long journey uh for me and to be pregnant at this life stage has not only been a a surprise and a rapid change but it's been a wonderful experience. Mhm. And pregnancy is the beginning of a journey in motherhood of using your intuition to guide you in making so many decisions for your child and now but also after labor and for the rest of their lives, that you can guide them physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And what we do now for a pregnancy can really affect the health of the baby for their their start, but also for the rest of their life. Would you agree with that, Coralie? Oh, absolutely, Glenna. I think that actually that's something that is probably under underappreciated that you know the health and welfare of of what you're bringing to the pregnancy actually gives them the start for their life you know their with their immune system their very physicality of their being but also the emotional um fortitude that they're going to move forward with in their life and the stability and their you know that that sense of connection and family so it is so important these beginning stages for sure Mm, I know now they're looking, they've started a study last year and they're looking for more women in pregnancy so they can test the their the pregnant woman's cortisol in their blood and after the baby's born, they're testing the baby's cortisol and they're finding that the higher the cortisol, which is the stress hormone in the mom, the higher the baby's. So the stress in pregnancy really does affect the baby stress inside the womb and after they come out too, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I think what you're, you'll see more and more of that research come out because I think that, um, you know, their, their conventional medicine is finally making connections with, you know, how the mother's, not just her physical state, but her emotional state during this, this fragile state in her life, you know, carries forward in the baby's beginning. So I think you're going to start to see more and more of this research come to surface. I think so, too. So this episode, we're going to talk about holistic ways to care for your baby and your body during pregnancy that can be applied to any time in your life, not just during pregnancy. And just to remind our listeners that what we do for our body 
any time in life will really benefit us during times when we're under greater demands, such as pregnancy or illness or any life changes at all. So, Carly, would you, leading into my first question, would you think that what you've done the past few years with your health is going to have an effect on your baby and has an effect on your pregnancy right now? Oh, you know, this is a, a beautiful place to start for me because for those of you that, well, and I'm sure there's there's many of you that don't know my situation, but um, I was in a very unique situation where I was in a previous uh, marriage and my partner and I had actually tried to conceive for several years in excess of five, so about probably more like eight years, and were very unsuccessful. And we went through the ebb and flow and the emotional um the emotional situations that are that that follow the an unsuccessful attempt to to conceive so here i am like i said uh, two well 11 days away from my 42nd birthday and and pregnant and for many years not even thinking that this would would be an option certainly not in my 40s i i decided you know about 5 years ago after the death of my brother that i was really want to become the best version of myself. And so I put a lot of effort into changing not just my physicality but my my emotional space and the people that I was drawing into my world and and really working on myself from the ground up. And I always knew that I had some hormonal issues and it probably went right back to the time I was an infant and you know, and and how I was traditioned into eating the typical you know diet that we we enjoy here on the East Coast of meat and potatoes and sweets and breads and you know not a diet in in processed food but certainly a uh, not a highly nutritious one either. And I think I uh, you know I lived that. And so when it came time for me to conceive, you know I was hormonally not in the right place, probably emotionally not in the right place. And although we didn't, I didn't carry a lot of stress about not getting pregnant, I wouldn't allow myself to go there, um, there was still quite a bit of imbalance. So as I moved forward in the journey, like I said, after the death of my brother five years ago, I really sat down and had a good, honest chat with myself. And it wasn't about being pregnant. It was about just being the best version of myself. And I did a lot of work on my gut, on my microbiome. And I tell you, Glenna, that... That was a changing time for me. I felt physically different, emotionally different. My immune system was the strongest it's ever been. And the more research I did in that vein of information, I realized that this is the seat of our immune system. This is the the seat of happy hormonal balance. And, and really, the beginning, the rudimentary um, um, stage of where your baby's immune system is going to, to, to begin. So not only... Did my efforts in my in my journey, you know, it not only is that going to affect my pregnancy, but it is actually why I'm pregnant. <laughs> mm. And as far as the baby goes, I, um, you know, I, I I pass this information along quite a, quite freely to my patients who are trying to conceive and really trying to hit home the fact that their intestinal their microbiome is so very important, and the, and the importance of vaginal births as opposed to C sections. Um, because that is the first inoculation that the baby gets is coming through the birth canal. That is where they're going to pick up, you know, all that wonderful, healthy, immune-stimulating microflora. And when they are, babies develop by C-section, unfortunately it doesn't get that 
initial exposure. And, you know, sometimes a C-section is absolutely necessary. But I think all too often we're kind of, you know, hurtled down that path a little too quickly and without any regard as to the benefits of of having a vaginal birth. So um, I definitely think that, you know, what I've done is certainly going to affect my baby's health moving forward. And I I think you're it's a great opportunity that if somebody was trying to conceive and they're not getting pregnant the first month or the second month, there's so many things you can focus on instead of just is that pregnancy test positive? It's okay, how can I use this opportunity to get myself healthier, which will benefit me during pregnancy and benefit that baby Absolutely. forever. And and the one thing I say to patients, it's one thing to get pregnant. It's another thing to stay pregnant. And and that's also a, a critical thing to think about, I think, in this whole situation because coming into a pregnancy in, in with vitality and health not only, you know, puts you in a, in a, in a good seat of conception, but it's also going to carry you through the pregnancy. And the healthier you are coming into this, the healthier your pregnancy is going to be. And um, I, and like I said, there's there's definitely a two-step thought process that has to happen, not just about getting pregnant, but staying pregnant. And because our rate of miscarriages are so high today. You're so, right. Yeah, so there's definitely two things to think about there. <clears throat> no, you're right. It's a good point. We focus so much on, on the conception and getting pregnant, but being able to carry that baby is a whole other different step, separate than that first step of getting pregnant. Yes. So, Coralie, I know you have an extremely healthy diet. We've had conversations. I love picking your brain about health and nutrition because you've implemented so much in your own lifestyle. Do you eat any different now that you're pregnant than before you conceived? Absolutely not. And uh, my conventional medical doctor and I, we discussed this, and I chose her for this reason because she knows she knows my diet, she knows my belief system, and, and that is so important in this process. I eat a plant-strong diet, so there's, you know, I'm free of animal products, including dairy, meat, I don't do any refined sugar. You know, I, I'm very um, cautious when I use the term vegan because I do eat honey, uh, but like I said, I do eat a plant-strong diet, and I have not changed that at all going into my pregnancy, and I know that every... Um, morsel of nutritional information that a pregnant woman will receive is about, you know, increasing their calcium and their dairy consumption. And that was just not going to work for me. And so I said to my doctor right up front, you know, I'm coming to you because you have decades of valued and trusted information and experience about this whole birthing process. And I'm coming to you with 42 years of valued and trusted information about my body. So I come to you because you're the expert in what you do and I'm the expert in 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 my body. And I trust my body. I trust that what I've done is putting me in a higher seat of of health and wellness. And I said to my doctor, I said I don't need to increase my calories to increase my nutrient profile. So I've been not careful, I've just been the same. You know, and I was very lucky I didn't have to cut out alcohol or I didn't smoke and I didn't drink coffee. And so that part was very easy for me. So the transition, the nutritional transition into pregnancy was was very easy for me, I have to say. It's been more difficult justifying it, I think, to people that want to, you have, you're, you know, you're eating for two. I'm like, no, you're not eating for 
work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and that uh, I don't want to have all this weight to lose at the end of the process. You know, that I want to keep this body as healthy and strong throughout the entirety, throughout the 40 weeks, as much as I can. So what would be your goal for weight gain throughout this pregnancy for you, individually, for Coralie? Oh, you know, I I honestly believed, I saw my sisters going through pregnancy, and that they were, you know, they gained a lot of fluid, and I thought, oh, God, that's going to be me. I'm going to be as big as a house. I'll be halfway through this, and I'll be waddling into my office. But, you know, that's not been my situation. To date, I'm 22 weeks pregnant, and I've gained very, you know, probably six or seven pounds. I move very freely. I've, you know, I had my ultrasound. Everything is looking great there. So, you know, I never really put a target weight. I mm-hmm. had more of a, a of a health goal to maintain my vigor and my vitality and my strength and, and sense of well being, and whatever that weight will be at the end will be it will be, um, nor you know just like, you know anybody you're going to double your blood volume and you're going to accumulate fluid and and that's an expectation of course but as far as I, a numerical number, I don't really have one, Glenna. There's not a, a goal. I think mine is just more of a health goal. And so you're using your intuition and you're also combining everything you know about nutrition and health to guide you during the pregnancy with the help yeah. of your, your GP who is an expert on the conventional side of things. But I have to say that I've had quite a bit of help from my naturopathic doctor, Glenna, Glenna Calder. <laughs> I keep calling you by your maiden name. Um, and you've been a wonderful help uh, and uh, such a, you know, a plethora of information because you yourself are now currently pregnant. So I'd like to congratulate you on your journey. And this is your your third baby, your third child. So I think you're the expert here. (laughs) (laughs) We can always learn more. And I'm going into, now that's my third pregnancy and I'm just starting my third trimester. It's, you know, you just learn more each time, which is wonderful. And I'm blessed that I get to, I have learned so much about this topic that I can help others and patients. It's it's a whole other part of life for me. So it's been really interesting. And so, I think, Lena, the, the the biggest thing that you've offered me, and I think anybody who will seek out alternative or complementary medicines, is the calming factor. Because when you, and I know we'll probably talk about this a little later, because when you're in the conventional medical model, um, so much of the you factor is taken out because it's so systematic. And you have provided me that opportunity to just calm into the seat of, of what I know. You know, just trusting my knowledge, trusting my body. And I cannot, you know, uh, emphasize enough the importance of having people like yourself in your world during this time. Good. I think it's important. I'm glad I was able to assist you in that way, but I think it is important for us all to remember whether you're 29 to 34. Yeah, the stats show us, but those stats don't speak just about you. They're speaking about everyone. They're speaking about people that are going into pregnancy unhealthy, that aren't taking care of themselves. So you got to really, as you said, keep the you factor in it because I see a lot of women in their 30s, in their 40s, that are the healthiest versions of themselves than, than they've ever had because the knowledge is there. They've settled into their own, as you say, seat of themselves. So they're they're more calm, they're taking better care of themselves, and and often they're a little bit happier and more comfortable comfortable with themselves too and who they are. So the stress 
factor there has gone down a little bit from your 20s or even early 30s. So there's some advantages to both times in your life, for sure. Oh, for sure. I I, I go I reminisce about my first appointment with my with my doctor, and I looked at her and I said, "So, am I the oldest patient you've ever had having a child?" <laughs> and she looked <laughs> at me it. and she kind of chuckled and she said, "Well, uh, how old are you again?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, "Well, you're definitely my oldest having their first, but you know, you're there. You know, you're there. You're you're in your forties. And I said, "You know." But she said, you're also my healthiest. And mm. so she, she knew right away to make that delineation that age and health can be completely independent of one another. And I am, I have to say, much healthier at 42 than I was at 32. Mm. And with my life experience and, and how settled I am in my emotional self and my connection to to everything around me, whether it be the earth, nature, my innate sense of who I am, everything is just, like I said, this is the best version of myself. Everything is just balanced. And it will only get better from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> um, so, Corley, you love to learn. You've always loved to learn. And you love to share what you've learned with others, with is very generous of you, and why you're you're running the program, Journey Alive, to help others learn about themselves and empower others. So where... Or who did you get most of your information about pregnancy from? Well, you know, I am sitting in a very different seat because as far as I'm concerned, I sit in the seat of great fortune where where this is concerned because where, you know, I am a massage therapist and I've been in, I have such beautiful people in my life like yourself, Glenna, as a naturopathic doctor um, and being part of that alternative and complementary medical field, I have you know, a a deep knowledge base that I can draw from as far as the physicality of pregnancy and the different stages of pregnancy and what to expect during pregnancy. But I'm going to tell you, as many patients as I've brought through pregnancy, because I do do treatment and delivery as well, I often say that I've been in for about 40 deliveries, and I often said in my eight years of infertility that I scared myself into infertility. (laughs) Um, But what I've come to realize is, is that it's all different when it's you, when you're actually having your own experience, that even though the words were coming through me as a, you know, as a, uh, an alternative medical practitioner, it's a completely different experience when it's personal, you know, because you're not just saying the words, you're feeling the feelings of those words that you've said and you've repeated and through every patient in every situation. So, you know, I can, you can very much have the knowledge base, but it's how you connect with it personally, I think. And I have to say that I've come to realize through this time of my life and in this experience that there's a real solidarity in motherhood. And, one of which I didn't connect with because I was not, I was not a mother, and the moms in my world have really there's a strength in their number, there's a strength in their, you know, in their enthusiasm that is infectious, and they offer you little pieces of wisdom, and that has actually been my my primary source of of knowledge because I have, you know, quote unquote the medical background as far as pregnancy goes, but I didn't have the experiential um, experience. So the solidarity in motherhood is what has actually very much been my surprise 
and my in my knowledge base. Mm. That's a great point because, and I hope we never lose that ever. I mean, I think pregnancy and labor was a little bit more about that in the camaraderie and the support and the sharing from woman to woman or from generation to generation. And it's a really, it really is an important part to know that you're, there's women that have done this, that have gone, have done it over and over again. Women have done this forever. And it helps you know, this is very natural. We have that security of having the the medical system there if there's complications, but to remember that our body knows exactly what to do. And the wisdom that another mother can give you is invaluable. So that's a great point. Oh yeah, to, I mean to have someone who is so willing to share their experience and and to know that you know everyone's experience is different and exactly. to just take that at, at face value and and take what you will that's going to work for you and leave what's not going to work for you because like I said everyone's experience is so very different. So you you've gotten your support support from a few different places. And where do you feel most people, most women get their support from during pregnancy? I, th- I think, well, um, I think it's it's very natural to seek the the bulk of your support from your partner, um, and, and that's a, a, a bifold issue there. I think um, a because they are your partner, and hopefully there's a trusted bond, a sacred bond of you know intimacy where you can be whatever each other needs to be when they need to be it. But also it kind of keeps them connected because as a partner, they're not experiencing the the physicality of the pregnancy. Um, So it kind of keeps them part of the process. So I think most people, if they are fortunate enough to have a partner that sits in that role, that that would be their their first, um, you know, kind of layer of support or level of support. Uh, mine's a little bit different. My situation is uh, is one where I I have a greater sense of support and connection through my circle of friends and my family, particularly the women of my family, my mom and my sisters. And yeah, I was the the only one without children, so they're and I'm the oldest sibling. So you know, this is an opportunity for them to guide, help guide me. So not all women are fortunate enough to have a, a partner sit in that that first level, and but it's okay. I mean, it's the world we live in. It's it's the place where I chose to be, and I've had wonderful support through people like yourself, Glenna, and um, and certainly my extended family and friends. So it's a switch for your family to have you as the oldest child experiencing something after them, I'm sure. Well, they're used to having their big sister um, <laughs> having <laughs> having all the, a little bit more life experience. And, you know, it's been a nice reversal of roles, I think, where they get to be the experts and I, I get to be the, you know, the person that's in- inquiring. I get to be the inquiring mind and, and learning from them and, and seeing what they've done with their children and, you know, taking a little bit of everything. It's, it's a beautiful seat to sit in because you get to just sit back and, and look at all these beautiful people in your life and take the best from every situation. Mm, good point, because we hear every side of it. When somebody sees that you're pregnant and expecting, you might hear some negative and positive, and it's really important to make sure you you stop 
where you're comfortable with the negative and to really focus on all the positive parts of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Corley, I noticed that a lot of women have a fear of labor. Where do you think this is coming from? And do you think women have always had this great fear of the pain of labor? Well, I uh, I have to say that I think that most women, particularly with their first pregnancy, have a healthy fear of labor um, because this is a completely different experience. You know, you have a preconceived notion of how rapid the changes are going to happen. There's a bit of a fear of the unknown and a loss of control because all of a sudden your body's doing things that are, you know, completely out of the realm of what you've ever experienced before, your hormonal changes, the extreme fatigue, you know, the breast tenderness, the growth of of, of your, your body, you know, there's, and, and, and then it's after the pregnancy, the, the this overwhelming sense of responsibility and how your life is going to change. So I do think there is essentially, particularly for first-time moms, a healthy fear of, of what pregnancy has. Um, the other complexity here is, is I believe, in my personal experience and my personal opinion, is how the medical system has kind of intervened. And we tend to focus on what could be wrong instead of everything that is going right. And, and that presents fear, especially for someone who doesn't have that, you know, that strong knowledge base of, of birthing and pregnancy and, and and you really start to rely on, you know, your your doctors, your medical team. And you tend to, you know, you fear what we don't know. And sometimes that's a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think but I think for the most time for the most part that we are unfortunately more fearful of something that is such a natural process because of how we're set up you know, with the constant medical appointments and the ultrasounds and blood work. And it's almost like they're always waiting for something to be wrong. And you're you're anticipating the results of every single test and stage that you go through. Instead of really, again, just trusting your instincts and trusting that what you're doing is in the highest interest of your body. And I find a really nice way to to place all the conventional tests that you choose or choose not to go through because there is a choice with every test. Sometimes we forget that, that you've got to weigh the pros and the cons and how it's going to affect you emotionally and mentally and the baby and how beneficial they are. That conventional medicine is looking at it from their perspective and they're very ready for emergencies. But we've got to remember there's all this, there's, a, there's another side to it and it's important for somebody in your life that reminds you that these things probably won't happen they're ready for them if they do, but remind yourself that there's very small percentage and so many babies are born healthy or they're born with things that can be treated or taken care of or nurtured. But our job, I think, as moms and as um, healthcare practitioners that aren't in the emergency model or the conventional model is to remind the moms that of the power we have within our bodies. Absolutely. And I think it's also important when we look at conventional medicine to to keep in mind that it's a reductionistic view of 
of health, and we are reduced to the sum of our parts. And I think the birthing process being part of this, you know, the medical system, our conventional medical system, has been treated very much the same. It's all in stages and tests and, you know, everything's ratioed and measured. And, you know, it's it's so much greater than the sum of its parts you know, that we have to also be able to extract ourselves from that and look at birthing and pregnancy in its entirety and, and what the body is trying to do. And, you know, it, it may not be exactly that at exactly that stage according to the statistical, you know, norm. But trusting that your body's doing whatever it needs to do in this particular pregnancy right now because you're doing everything you need to do. So it's having a more holistic vision of for your pregnancy as opposed to, like I said, a reductionistic view of it being just this process being the sum of its parts. That's a great way to put it is to try to maintain a holistic view and not look at the stats, look at this, look at that, but holistic How's your body doing? How's the baby doing? And remember that your body has a goal with this. Your body's got a a path it wants to follow, and it knows how to follow. I I can't help but to always look at nature, you know, because I'm so connected to to the world around me. And, you know, you don't see cats and dogs and animals, wild animals in nature, going through this vast array of, you know, internet searches and books and tests and scans and and everything happens in divine order you know that there mm-hmm. has to be some form of there i mean nature's wisdom and intelligence is so pristine and beautiful and that we are part of that you know and uh, and just to remember that that remember that our bodies know how to do this mm. it is amazing when you look at how animals go through the whole process of pregnancy and labor and after the birth, how different animals handle it differently. It's absolutely amazing how they they just have this innate knowing and they nothing gets in the way of their intuition. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. It's about that instinct with their themselves, you know, and, and that's the part where I think we have unfortunately gone, uh, we've been led astray because we aren't as connected as we should be to everything that we house within us, that that innate healing power and the capacity to bring a a fertilized egg right to delivery and that whole process in between. I mean, we are meant to do this. We are meant to be here. Mm -hmm. Carly, you've been an independent thinker as long as I've known you, which... I was preparing for the show. I thought, okay, I think it's been about 14 years. I think so. I think so. It's been around there. And in terms of the health of the baby, what do you think is extremely important that many moms and dads and even healthcare providers in the conventional but also the natural or alternative models, is there anything that maybe we often overlook that you feel is extremely important? I think the number one thing, it goes back to your instincts. Trust your instincts. This is a natural process. Your body knows how to do this. Even though you may feel ill-equipped at times to handle, you know, the stresses of what's happening so quickly, you are absolutely made to do this. And it's an instinctual, if you allow yourself to just listen to your body, that you are your greatest practitioner. You know, you mm-hmm. are the one that knows your body best. That, I think, is first and foremost the, uh, you know, the, I think the thing that's most overlooked. And that every experience is different. 
you know, and not to try to fit into someone else's experience and um and knowing that you can you have all these people that you can draw from but you will create your own experience. And the other thing I, I often think about when you know when you ask me this question is how we get hung up in perfectionism and perfecting the process of pregnancy and and again this goes back to you know following the literature and following the statistics and and you know uh, trying to do everything right because we're so scared that uh, a decision may jeopardize the health of the fetus and that we have this fear of failing and failing not just ourselves but you know potentially this fetus and and I think that it's important that we are we are perfect by nature's design you know and the healthier we come into pregnancy the better this pregnancy is going to go and so not to get hung up in the perfectionism of of what everybody else says is supposed to be your experience that's right. And I think finally, and I think finally, it's. Um, I talked to a patient about this actually yesterday, and told her I was going to be doing this show. And we talked about how important it was to aligning, in aligning the the physical body with the emotional self, because pregnancy we tend to focus on. There's so many physical changes that are happening that we kind of get lost in the whole emotional journey that this is bringing for us. And it's difficult for men because they're not sitting in the body of of pregnancy. They're kind of on the outside looking in. But it's such an amazing emotional journey as well because you're coming into motherhood and, you know, your whole world is going to change. And it's really important that you align that emotional fortitude with what's happening in your physical body so that you can have both of those forces working for you simultaneously and they're not going in different directions. Yes, I'm having a healthy pregnancy, but I'm stressed to the to the max, you know. That mm-hmm. the fact that you're having a healthy pregnancy and everything's going well and, you know, relish in that. Mm. And what you made me think of is it's so nice to have guidelines and protocols, but that's what they are and very few of us will fit into exactly that protocol or that recipe book, that there are guidelines and that's it. That if you're outside the norm, it's okay. It's not something to be... Um, remember, we didn't even have these statistics 50 years ago. Some of them we didn't even have more than a decade ago. And things were okay. And they're just they're just guidelines. And trust that your body's doing things for a reason. Whether it's um, the baby looks smaller inside, the baby looks bigger inside, your placenta hasn't moved at 18 weeks, it's going to move at 26 weeks, or your baby has is not in the right position yet by 25 weeks. It still has 15 weeks left. Various differences to not get caught up on this is the way it should be at this week. That's right. And we tend to paint every every stage of this by the, like I said, we reduce to the sum of its parts. Oh, you're at week, you know, 20, 21, 22, and this is what should be happening. And and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you, you wonder, is this happening? Is this everything going going right? And, you know, again, it's the it's the holism of what's happening. You know, what is the, the product at the end of the journey, you know? And we all evolve differently and we all grow differently. We know that when we're out of the uterus, so why can't we apply the same kind of methodologies and ways of thinking while we're in utero? You're right. And you, I thought of the same thing is that, how many babies walk at exactly 11 and a half months? Some start at eight months. I've seen many. And some start, I've seen as late as 22 months. So that's a huge range. 
And it depends on the baby's motivation, their genetics, their personality, um, how, yeah. how they're developing. And I think during pregnancy, it's a good time to practice knowing that my baby's my baby. They're going to choose the time they're going to develop. We want to be smart about it and make sure there's nothing um, wrong that we can help with, that we could ask for help with. But they're never going to be exactly right on track for the rest of their lives. They're going to have their own path to find. Absolutely. And this is the beauty of difference, you know, and individuality and authenticity and and trusting that, you know, even though there's so much of us that is the same, there's so much that is different. Mm. So, Corley, I don't know if you're, I know you're pregnant, so I don't know if you have to skip up to uh, the washroom or not, but I'm going to give you a break for a minute. <laughs> um, and I'll give our listeners a little break. Um and we will be back in a minute. Talk Great. soon. You're listening to What's Your Prescription for Balance with host Dr. Glenna Calder on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. Find out more at facebook.com slash ND. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to your Watch a Prescription for Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Glenna Calder from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And today we have Coralie Murphy joining us from Sydney, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. Coralie is a registered massage therapist and founder of a program, Journey Alive, in which she's helped thousands of individuals between the combination of her massage therapy practice as well as her Journey Alive program to look at health a different way and to be more active participant in their health. Are you back, Carly? I'm here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about how we, and I want to say we, it's not just conventional medicine, it's it's public, it's us too, we've over-medicalized things. Um, and we've asked to be looked at medically. So it's not just the healthcare system. We often demand that of our um, general practitioners too. And why do you think we tend to do that and we kind of forget about all the natural processes that have been going on, such as pregnancy, since the beginning of time? Well, you know, that's a great that's a great question that I think needs um, definitely some addressing. There is a complexity here, particularly, like you said, because we have a, as a population, as a society, as a culture, have have asked for the help. So conventional medicine has been there to help us. And and make no bones about it, there are more babies that are alive today because of the emergency procedures that have been developed, and there's more moms that have survived traumatic pregnancies because of the emergency procedures developed by conventional medicine. So, you know, certainly it definitely has a role and it definitely has its place, and we are very fortunate to have a system that can provide that. But like I said, there is a complexity here because women in general, um, if you look at statistics, again, or society in general, and and you would you probably see this in your own practice, uh, Glenna, that women today are just not as healthy as they were, you know, decades ago. And it, it goes right back to stress, 
the work environment, the relationships that we are cultivating or not cultivating, our diets. And with infertility, you have to look at endocrine disruptors, um, you know, the plastics in our in our environment, the toxins, the pesticides, the herbicides, larvicides, insecticides, the, uh, you know, the processed food, our diets, our sleep disruption patterns. Like there's so many factors that where we have, drawn the medical system in because we are not as healthy coming in to pregnancy and into this natural process. So there is definitely a complexity when you have, when you think about this question. But I do think in their attempt to assist us or facilitate this pregnant this this role that we have in pregnancy, the medical system did mothers a great disservice because women no longer are connecting with their bodies or their higher selves or their instincts. So it's a bit of a duality and a double-edged sword. We want them, but we've overutilized them. They've answered, but they've over-responded. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. We've asked, but it has. We've, we've given up our power in a lot of situations. And that's my leading to my next question. As mothers, have we given up too much of our responsibility and that's right from conception to pregnancy to labor to rearing a child right through to whether it's 18 years, 16 years, 20 years. Have we given up too much of the responsibility over to the medical system? I absolutely think that we have. You know, I, again, sitting with patients over the years, being in for the for the delivery experience with, with the, my patients, uh, I definitely think that we have turned too much and relinquished too much of ourselves to a system that offers us, you know, a lot of, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, help with the physicality of the process, but not not much in terms of, you know, the spiritual connection or the emotional train that you that you're on during this this process. And I think again, it's because we we have processed, we've we've made every single natural process um, a, a process. You know, we look at birthing, we look at death. We've medicalized both aspects of coming into this world and this realm and leaving it. That there's nothing natural about those two beautiful processes anymore. And everything is done so systemically and for comfort. And when you look at, you know, um, medications and all the options that a, that a mom has between, you know, uh, pain medication and scheduled C-sections and, you know, all of these these different aspects of pregnancy, where is your natural instinct coming in? And I keep going back to that because I think that is our biggest missed step today. So, yes, I do absolutely believe that we have um, we've put ourselves there. Mm. And I wonder if it's, I wonder if we're not prioritizing how important it is to be an active participant in your healthcare, but in your healthcare too, as a pregnant mom, that that's got to be up at the top there of checking in with yourself in whether you're journaling or whether you're just doing a, a check-in. How am I feeling today? How are things going? How do I think my pregnancy is going? That's, that's got to be up there and our priorities, I think. Oh, for sure, and I think having that conversation with yourself is so imperative. And and we don't have we don't take the time to do those things anymore. For especially if you have children at home, you're just you know pregnancy is so exhausting. 
uh, and taxing on the body that, you know, for, for a lot of people, you're just getting through your day. You're, you're still working. You still have commitments at home. That you're not taking that sacred space, that little time out that you need to just connect with, with what's happening. How do I feel? You know, what is happening here? And am I on target? Is this where I want to be? You know, all of those little things that can really change perception. And, and I do always say to people that your body follows your emotional self. So paying attention to where you are emotionally and having your body kind of come into focus with that is about just taking that little bit of time that you need to really sit yourself down and say, I'm, I know my body better than anybody. Well, what is it telling me? Where am I here? And if you haven't done it up until now, pregnancy is never too late to start. It will service you, be a great service to you for the rest of that child's life and your life. And it can only, even a minute is so valuable in the morning and a minute in the evening, It's that that minute is worth so much if you can just stop, whether it's sitting in your car before you walk into work, whatever, wherever you can get that minute is valuable. And- and I think it gets easier as the pregnancy go moves forward because I know in the beginning, being this being a new experience for me, I can speak on this about this personally right now. The first trimester, you know, it you, you have some of the physical symptoms, but there's no real bodily changes. Like as far as you know, you're not seeing anything, you're not feeling any movement. There's you know, there's very little happening on that front. You're trusting that you're pregnant. I, my last doctor's appointment, I laid on her table and she and I said to her, I still can't believe I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and she turned to me and she said, I think it's about time you move past that, Corley. <laughs> and I mean, I can have this great dialogue with her. I'm very fortunate. But um, but as the pregnancy develops and, and progresses, you know, you have a very real connection because oftentimes we don't believe things until we feel it and see it happening. And when you feel this movement in, inside of you and you, you, you start to connect with that, your pregnancy changes. You know, if something changes in that moment, it's easier to take the time then because it's like you're feeling the demand. You're feeling that this, there is a life here. And it's like, don't forget about me. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Can you suggest, when I was actually going to, was asking you this question, could you suggest any resources for your mom, for mothers? I thought, okay, so what would I pick out of the last three pregnancies that would be really important? I did some reading, especially, I did much more reading with my first, kind of about post-labor, and I learned a lot about what to do in the first year because I felt like I was pretty, I guess, raw at it. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't do a lot of babysitting. I was, I felt pretty. I was the new mom, that's for sure. So I read a ton. But when I look back, I think the one thing I'd pick is to have a support system, and that can come in many different ways. And really think about who's going to be at your labor. The first pregnancy, I had a midwife and an obstetrician combination. The second one, I had a general practitioner and a doula. So I've experienced, I think, all four uh, professional supports. And mm-hmm. and this time I am going again for the the same GP and doula combination, which I think is abs- it really supported me and helped me stay within my power. And I think the two individuals that I had really respected that I that I had knowledge that I 
I research a lot, that I knew what I was looking for, but I also think they knew that I, I knew the risks and complications, but I put that aside, but, but was aware of them. And I think it's really important to think, who is it? Um, whether if it's a partner, often a partner can't play such a, such a role because they're doing their own thing. Whether they're becoming a mom or a dad for the first time, that's huge, even if they're not in the labor process. So they might not be the best person to emotionally support you in that time. It might be a friend. It might be a massage therapist that you know. It might be a doula. But somebody that's going to be there to look at you objectively and remember what your goals are and to have that conversation with you. And I think sometimes it is a little bit too much for the partner because it's overwhelming for them too. What would you I say? I couldn't agree more with you, Glenna. I know that, again, wearing, being on the other side of the fence for so long and just being that other person, the other support person for these pregnant and expecting moms, it was a wonderful seat. I mean, because you're sitting very objectively and you're giving them all the knowledge that you've collected um, over the years of experiencing um, birth procedures and deliveries and, you know, taking moms right through their their pregnancy. So, you know, I definitely totally agree with you with that. I I often say when I'm in the actual delivery room with a patient, I have never seen men with such fear in their eyes because they know that there's there's some excruciating uh, pain that can happen. Um, Every situation is different. They want to help, but yet, they their hands are tied. This is a process that has to happen. It's going to happen in a time frame. And then something wonderful is coming at the end. And uh, the cycles of pain and discomfort that, that go along with the birthing process um, leaves them a little bit uh, weak, I think, in many ways. And, <laughs> and Because they're just so used to stepping up and, and trying to fix things. And, and they can't fix. This is not something you're going to fix. This is something that you're going to enjoy after the process has been you know, spent. And so I totally agree with that. And I think it is really important to have different, bring different people into your life um, and into this process, particularly doulas, particularly uh, midwives and naturopathic doctors, massage therapists, whoever is 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 best fit for your personality and your situation and what the hospital will allow as well. I know that from my own experience, um, you know, hospitals are very busy. And if they have a busy night and there's a few women in there, a lot of times, because especially if this is your very first experience, there's nobody there. You expect there's going to be people around you all the time. And most of my experiences in there as a support person during the delivery process, it was the mother, the partner, the supporting partner, and me. And they're coming in and out of the room, and they're checking you, and and they're there at the end. And every mother, every time, says, "Well, where are they? Where is everybody?" <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no, there's there's not a lot of guiding, you know, through that process. So to have someone there with the knowledge base and someone that you're comfortable with and connected to in the role of, like you say, a doula or uh, a naturopath or an acupuncturist or whoever that person's going to be that sit sits in the seat of objectivity, they're, they become very important. They become your go-to person. And there's a lot of pressure taken off the support person because they don't have to be the everything because this is their process as well. That's right. It is their process. And they're 
at that time, it's part of their journey into becoming, like I said, a mom or a dad right in that time. And they know after this is over, I'm going to have a little bean and I'm going to also be taking care of the mom who went through this labor. And like you said, they're so busy at hospitals that if it's a long labor and it's not medically necessary for them to be there right then, they're probably not going to be uh, unless they they have a slow night. So it's so nice to have somebody that you know is going to be there even to give a break to the support person or to have that objective opinion because the the other parent, it's going to be very emotional for them. And when you said you see dads, I mean, <laughs> go weak, I think that probably would explain why the big pack of food that I packed the first labor with all these healthy snacks when I asked for one, it was completely gone after 24 hours. And I looked at my husband and he was pale and I knew that he needed every bit of that nourishment. I think more than I did, even after 24 hours of labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I it. There's so many times where I end up in that delivery room and the mom is calm and the dad is like trying to be calm, but the look uh, on their face, is just you know it's like fear stricken. It's like I know something really good is gonna go going to come of this, but I don't know what in the world I'm doing. <laughs> You're right. I think I got a the doula the second second birth as much for my husband, even though he he didn't know that was my plan. But it was as much for him as it was for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can totally see that. So what piece of advice would you leave with moms who are expecting or planning? to conceive? Um, planning to conceive, I think speaking from, you know, someone who has who had planned for a long time and it never happened, switch the focus. Become the best person you can be. Become the best version of yourself. Never underestimate the power of health because it's not about just getting pregnant, it's about staying pregnant and then recovering from the pregnancy. So the more work you can do up front, the better everything afterwards is going to be. I think it's a very important as well to find a healthy and supportive circle of people, whether that be, you know, partner, friends, family, but it's really important at that time. It's a very vulnerable space for women and a lot of hormonal changes, a lot of up and downs, as, as you know. And it's really important to have that healthy circle of of support people. You know, bring those people into your world. Do what you need to do to to bring more vitality and support and positive nurturing love into your life and the one thing i always say to people is don't be afraid to ask any and all questions to the people in your medical support team your medical circle never feel as though anything is off limits because it all matters and sometimes we're a little bit more reserved we don't put ourselves out there we may be wondering something but scared oh that might be a stupid question should i already know this information did i do enough research is this going to look like i'm a bad mom don't judge yourself if you have a question that's what these people are here for that's what we are all here for you know open yourself up and give yourself permission to ask the questions that are important And I think lastly, trusting your instincts. It all goes back to trusting nature's infinite wisdom and design. You are meant to be here. You know, you are meant to be here. Your body knows what, what it needs to do. And just trust it. And instead of resisting things, flow with it. Well said. Corley, I'm thrilled that we've, that you've joined me today to discuss this really important topic. 
that, like I said, can be applied to pregnancy, conceiving, planning to conceive, but also even if you're not pregnant, many things that you've said um, could help help us even when we're not pregnant. And I'm just thrilled that we, we have put the show together. We'll, it will be archived, so anybody will be able to access it at any time. So we'll, we'll have it available if you wanted to be able to send a link to a friend, a family member that you know that might be really interested in this topic. Um, you will, for the listeners, I'll, be, I'll post it on my Facebook. I'll be sending Coralie a link that she can send to her contacts also of the show. But your words are really important for all mothers to hear, Coralie, and your perspective helps us remind us how much power we have in our health comes in general and in our children's health comes. And I think we have a great responsibility to start our kids out on a healthy path and give them what we can because that health is going to is their foundation for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Their health, the love, the support, the kindness, the compassion, you know, and it all starts with us. Mm. So thank you again. And I think probably in about oh, maybe nine or 12 months, I think uh, I'll be asking you to join me to talk about the first six months of motherhood <laughs> and all the things that you will be learning. Because I remember the, well, after each, both of my child, the, the learning curve is so steep and you love to learn. So I know you're going you're gonna to get so much out of it and enjoy so much of um, all motherhood, but especially the first couple months, which is, is beautiful. It's a beautiful time. It, it, we are forced to slow down, which is, which is always mm-hmm. nice. So thank you, Coralie, for sharing all your information and your thoughts and being so open with our listeners. Well, I want to thank you, Glenna, for giving me the opportunity to to speak to you today and to speak to you know the world at large. This is truly a new beginning in many ways for me, and it's been a wonderful experience. I've learned so much more about my body, and it goes to show that you just you, you when you think you know you know so much about yourself there's there's so much more yet to discover and if i was healthy enough to get pregnant i'm healthy enough to stay pregnant i'm healthy enough to you know do everything that needs to come afterwards and i'm trusting all of that and i'm so grateful to have had this opportunity to share this information with you today so thank you so much and good luck in your pregnancy as well i'm sure that uh, and it's so the irony in this of both of us being pregnant at this life stage is i think it's kind of cool <laughs> I think so too. I think we had to take advantage and and dig a little deeper and push each other with some more questions, which I think was a great opportunity for me as well. So thank you and have a wonderful day, Coralie. You too, Glenna. Thank you so much. Okay. And thank you to our listeners for listening to Watch Your Prescription for Balance. Take care. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Healing Conversations with Mildred Lynn McDonald, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m.